Hi everyone, Natsu Marius here again, back with another video. In this video, I'm going to show you the logic and the math behind the Reddit raise repeat accounts from raises.com and why it just makes logical sense. All right, hello everyone, Natsu Marius here again, back with another video. And in this video, we're just going to do a little ROI we call it ROI justification. We call it expected value calculation. Basically, we're going to use math. We're going to use, this can be something that a lot of people watching this are actually raising capital for the deal and they're selling it to investors, obviously in a compliant way. And we're seeing it, this can be a good tool for you to sell investors if you understand the how to use probabilities and how to construct an argument with probabilities. Um, we're going to use the expected value formula to construct an argument for you to be able to show investors that your deal is something worth pursuing. And on the flip side, we're also going to use this to show people, we're also going to use this to show you why raises.com is built the way it's built to reduce the risk of you losing money out of pocket. All of the same formula and the same thing. So it's going to be two birds and one stone. Uh, so just bear with me. So what it really is the expected value and what really is all this? And you're, you're probably going to see a bunch of, you know, you, you see, you see Sigma, you see all this stuff and it looks scary. So what really is all this stuff and these blue and blue and red numbers? So I'll give you a really good example. Um, you know, I was reading a great book by Richard Koch. And he was talking about his investment philosophy of how he invests in companies and he multiplied the probability of the investments making him money. He multiplied the probability of it by the amount of money he would make. For example, if he had a, if he if, if he's, he assumed that he had a 10% chance of an investment making him a million dollars, he would just multiply 10, you know, by like 10% by a million. You know, and then to him, that investment was worth a hundred thousand. That's one example. Uh, and so I thought about this, and then I started applying this to different things. For example, you know, I was once offered to to purchase an exempt market dealer, uh, which is, it's, in other words, is a Canadian version of a broker dealer. And obviously, if I'm offered it, I have to obviously ask questions. And I, I thought about it, and there was a deal that they were working on, and there was a based on what I saw, there was probably a 10% chance of the deal closing and I was being really generous. Uh, the, the deal didn't actually close. And when the deal, when time came for things to actually happen, there was a four, so the deal was worth $400,000 for me personally. And multiplying the probability of 10% by 400,000, I saw 40,000. And I was like, the chance of me, like compared to the other things I wanted to do, and the expected money I'll make in other things and the value of that, to me, it wasn't worth it. So this thing has really saved me personally. And even in looking at building somebody who builds a business, if if you have if you're building a business or a fund or whatever, and you have somebody who sells a, something and it's worth a thousand dollars, for example, and if the person has a track record of selling one in every four people he or she talks to, then there's a 25% chance of the person selling it. So by you know, the expected value formula, you would just multiply the probability of the thing happening by the value of the thing happening, and then you get the expected value. So in that case, 
it'll be $250. So that would mean that the sales rep would have, like the calls that the sales rep would make are worth $250 rather, because one in every four calls closes and the thing costs, um, and the, the thing that they're selling costs a thousand dollars. So that's, it's really simple. You're just multiplying the probability by the thing happening. And when you see like the Sigma and all this stuff, don't be scared of this. This, this is just iterating. So I just means that you're substituting in, you know, something of a long list. Uh, but you can just pretend that the N, like the N and the I's and the Sigma isn't there if you don't, if you don't understand it. Just pretend it's X times uh, the probability of X and then just ignore all the Sigma stuff and whatever. So that's pretty much it and how does it relate to you know fundraising and whatever and what we're doing well you know we look at what we're what are called comparables so you know typically we look at a few things people in this industry many people who are watching this you know either setting up a fund or roll up or acquisition and so on so lawyers they charge and there's an out-of-pocket risk because the question that we always get a lot is how much money should we spend on something before we spend money on it Am I going to waste money? What what do I do if I spend money on something and then it doesn't work? Well, that's what the expected value formula is supposed to help us solve. So we look at so what we do we 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 look at what's uh, comparables, what other law for what law firms have offered when they don't have the typical way of you know being frugal but at the same time making the most out of every buck and making the bang out of their buck. So in a point the point I'm making is you know the setup and so on of we redacted some information. People charge like forty thousand, you know, law firms and so on. So it's like, okay, is there? How do I learn the things that law firms do without me having to needlessly spend money? If sometimes some of the things that law firms are doing are really useful, extremely and necessary, and then there are other things that are doing that are just, you know, shoehorned into something that I may or may not need, or something that I can figure out by myself, or something that I can figure out with somebody cheaper. How do you solve that problem, especially if you haven't done something before and you know that? doing this is something that will benefit you. Well, we'll get to it. And, you know, same thing with investment banks. So it's like, okay, so after, even after you set up the deal, a lot of people come to you and they say, okay, you know, it's 30 grand, it's 20 grand. And here's an investment bank that charges, you know, 30 grand, 20 grand, and they take 5% at the end of the deal and they take warrants as well. So, and they actually also charge for travel and expenses and so on. So, and then they're also, it's like, okay, well, how do I do the financial analysis? I have to convince somebody to, you know, split equity or I have to find somebody to pay and the average salary for a chartered financial analyst, which is one of the top credit, you know, I guess, you know, credentials that somebody can get, especially in North America when it comes to analyzing financials is, you know, 70,000. This is just Canadian bucks, which is like 50,000 in real US dollars at this time. And if you go to the official chartered financial analyst website, Obviously, they pump up their program because they're the ones who are selling it. But they say that, hey, um, you know, you're getting you, they're charging one hundred and twenty six thousand, one hundred and seventy seven thousand. And we're just going to assume it's going to probably going to be the average of all this. It's probably like one hundred thousand. And so how do you get all this expertise in a way that is eighty twenty? Like it's in a way that is asymmetric, in a way that, you know, benefits you the most and helps you, you know, not go into, you know, basically being Santa Claus and, you know, spending dollars on things that wouldn't even get your deal funded to begin with. Well, uh, let's just walk through it. Let's walk through a few cases. So this, this first case is the traditional case. Let's say that somebody has a fund, GP, LP, setup, general partner, limited partner, setup, standard fund, 
where the the person who's managing the assets, I guess the general partner or wh whatever, they're taking two percent of all of the you know revenue from managing the like whatever they're managing. So let's say they raise like uh, ten million dollars and they're managing ten million dollars, then they would take two percent of the ten million dollars that they're managing. So that's the management fee. We're going to, and then so that's two percent, and they also take twenty percent of the revenue from the profits. Let's say they make 10% profits on that 10 million, then they would get, they'll get whatever 10, so multiply 2% by, uh, multiply 2% by 10%, you'll get 2000. So that's what that were, and that's called the standard two and 20. So when it comes to traditional, we're going to assume the legal costs that we saw in some of the comparables. Right, so we see legal costs of like thirty k, like thirty to twenty nine k. We put it in the comparables. We get the average of you know thirty five k. Investment bank costs twenty five k, and this is this, this is the out of pocket costs here. So we're not assuming we're not talking about success fee or warrants or whatever. We're just talking about the risk of you taking your money and then it's going down the toilet. And how do we manage that? So you know we we in red. In red, we just highlights all the things, all the things that are paid, so all the costs, and then we get the sum of it, right? And then when it comes to the revenue, we get all the revenues. So the revenue from the management fee, the revenue from the, uh, you, you know, the revenue from the the profits, and then we get it all here, and then we get the sum of it. And so, as we said, we take the the outcome, the sum of the revenue multiplied by the probability to get the expected value in revenue. And we do the exact same when it comes to the costs, right? We take the sum of the cost, multiplied by the probability, and we get the expected value of cost. So this is assuming that you worked in the traditional way and there's a 50% chance of the deal closing and there's a 50% chance of the deal not closing. We're given a lot of credits. We're gonna say that if you do this, you're gonna have a half chance of closing. We're just gonna be really generous and we're gonna flip a coin if you close. So it could be very really beneficial if you're somebody who raises, you know, we, we put the, we put the thing at three, at three million. And the reason why I put it at three million is because, you know, if we were to average out the raises.com, like, you know, deals close within the, within a few months or less, like quick deals closes three months is three million is a good amount. So we would say the expected value, right? So unless you close, you, you know, unless you raise over three mil, you know, yeah, you're going to get the expected value of this, bam, which is pretty, which is pretty decent, right? But if you don't raise, if you raise only one million or less, then you'd be losing uh, 10,000, 20,000, 28,000, 30,000. But then if you raise a lot, you you make a lot more. So it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty decent. And it's a decent model, especially if you give a lot of credits to the traditional way of doing it. You can't lie. After you spend, you know, fifty thousand minimum to even see anything, and then you take you give success fees, and then you consider paying for travel. So this is the traditional model, right? So then you look at the reduced. If you were to work with, you know, somebody more thrifty like Raises.com, and you were to do it in a non-brokered way, you didn't find any brokers, and you just went directly to, you know, the investors in the non-brokered private placements in the compliant way. Number one. I mean, the legal cost would be reduced because rather than, you know, you getting a PPM 
from scratch from a lawyer and then taking a lot of time and then they tell you things that you could have figured out on your own or you could have gotten somebody else to figure out for you for cheaper plus the things that they're needed to do you would just get some things that other somebody can tell you at a cheaper rate and then get the things that are needed to do for example uh, I can only speak for Razor.com because that's the only com company that I see in this side is simply it's where we're just giving you everything that you need for informational purpose and then having the lawyer sign off on it and take that legal risk. So and obviously removing some investment bank costs if you do it via non-brokered private placements. So what can that give you? Well, you, like let's say that there's a 1% chance Let's say that there's a 1% chance, so I'm going to even decrease the chance of anything happening, or not 1%, but 10, sorry, 10% chance of this happening, right? So even if there's a 10% chance of this happening, the expected value, if you were to, to make this calculation, the expected value, you multiply the probability of it happening, just 1%, by the, by it actually happening, then you're getting, you know, at worst case, if you raise $0, it's, you lose 1000 bucks. You use 600 bucks if you raise, you know, 100K. And then after that, then you gain 1,000 bucks, then you gain 3,000, then you gain, you know, 11,000 and so on, right? And so that's if you have a 10% chance of it going in your way. And it's way more than that. So let's say, and this is with, you know, minus legal costs. So it's about, so you're taking about $40,000 out of your pockets um, so you're taking the gains from losing, from not spending 40,000 additional dollars as seen here or more by adding that as well. Uh, and so that's the net. And so if you were to actually increase this, so let's say we're more generous and we were to say it's the same, then yes, the cost would be a bit less. And then we bring this back down and then it's bit, it's a bit, it becomes more similar to the above model, uh, because we see that, yeah, there is a smaller loss then here you know at worst it's this at worst is this for 50 percent but then when we hit that minimum one million dollar raise which is why raises.com we typically work with people that are raising substantial amounts then we start to see you know the expected value rise pretty highly without you having a lot of risk when it comes to the amount that is put in next when it comes to let's say that you wanted to work with broker dealers but you didn't want to work with the bad broker dealers and you didn't know which broker dealers to work with and which ones to JV with because there are some broker dealers that are exclusive and demand that you have to work with them exclusively and then there are others that aren't. And so what if you were to work with a broker dealer that was that was more that was less exclusive and more the other way and we're just going to reduce this probability down to 10%. You know, then we see that there's, this is the lowest risk hybrid. So it's like the lowest risk. So it's working, we're talking about like barely, like the expected value is about 10K, 28K for a $3 million raise. And for $10 million raise, you know, the expected value is this. And the expected value just makes a lot of sense. And so what this means is that if somebody, for the accumulated time, if somebody wants to raise over this, over whatever amounts, is profitable here whatever amount is net positive that's the amount that it makes sense for in their situation especially the fact that when you remove the legal costs right and so all this to say is the points the points of all this is if somebody's raising 1 million 2 million 3 million 10 million 
and they look at, they consider the legal costs that they're paying, the investment bank costs that they're paying, and then they multiply by the probability with somebody that charges a lot, the probability of it being high with somebody that charges a lot, like we're talking about 100,000, can actually make things more scary, especially if they if it's not done properly and you're not reducing those initial fees by setting everything up in a compliant way, in a way that is effective. And you can just see here by, you know, by the way that the, the sum of the costs can also get multiplied as well as the some of the benefit. And so if you're if you're if you want to bring on people to your your deal and you're working on raising capital, you know, you want to also you want to talk about the benefits, like the cost of them not doing business with you and not joining on your fund from a, from the rational point of view when it's, it's late in the discussion, because if you have this, then you'll be in that position. Right. And then if you're also somebody who wants to consider working with raises.com, just understand we really focus on getting the person to either one, you know, doing a non-brokered private placement so that they don't have to fall subject to people that charge, you know, and try to control the deal. And so that people don't also don't have to fall subject to getting large fees for no reason when we can provide a lot of the same information, but it make it would make more sense for, just for the legal sign off for somebody to take that legal risk because at this time, the time of this recording, we're not taking the legal risk because we're not the we're not the one offering the legal advice. It would be somebody else. So if you were to work with that in a hybrid way or in that way, or you were to work with us to find the rights broker dealers so that you reduce the cost of you using a broker dealer that charges egregious amounts on top of the initial raise, including travel fees and everything. So that's for your, you know, let's say your $1 million plus raise, you can raise from low amounts to high amounts without any significant risk. And by reducing your legal fees by the amounts here, yeah, then that's pretty much where we're at. And looking at everything and looking at the expenses and, and getting this all set up and doing the underwriting, it's really just to hit the markets and then to see how can you you know raise for your fund quickly without some of this nonsense. And if you want to make a an expected get an expected value of a million dollars, um, why not? So with this, I hope this video makes any sense and it makes sense. And then whatever whatever the the cost of doing business with raises.com is it's really relative to the expected value you'd get. And I look forward to seeing you either probably on the inside or somewhere else. And so we'll see you in the next video.